Well, good afternoon, folks. Wasn't that beautiful? My name's Ken Matthews, and I'm the minister here at St. Joseph's, and I hope you're enjoying our service this afternoon. And I hope that you're all ready for Christmas. I came across the story of a couple who went to a shopping center to polish off their Christmas preparations recently. Unsurprisingly, the place was absolutely packed. And as the wife walked through one of the malls, she was surprised when she looked around to see that her husband had disappeared. He was nowhere to be seen. She was quite worried and upset about this, as they had a lot to do. So she called him on her mobile phone. He answered in a quiet voice. He said, do you remember the jewelers we went to last year? And you fell in love with that beautiful diamond necklace that we just couldn't afford. And I told you that one day I would come back and get it for you. The wife's frustrations just disappeared and she started to choke up and cry. Yes, I do. I remember that shop. And he replied, well, I'm in the bar next door. (laughs) Folks, have you ever got your hopes up only for them to be tragically dashed on the rocks of disappointment? I don't know, maybe that's been your experience of this year. You came into it with so much to look forward to, and you wonder where it's all gone wrong. Well, even if all your hopes and dreams have come off this year, I'm sure you can still feel for Mary in that Bible reading we had a few moments ago from chapter one of Luke's gospel. Mary's happily planning her wedding to her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, when all of a sudden an angel appears to her. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Which sounds great at first. Mary's just an ordinary girl living in a sleepy backwater where nothing ever happens. Yet in heaven, she is loved and known. As the angel tells her that God wants to give her a wonderful privilege. And what will that be? What is this great good news? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You are going to have a baby when you're not married in a culture, culture where they stone adulterers to death. Seriously? And this is God's favor? Now, I'm sure we've received some fairly dodgy and unwelcome presents over the years, but nothing can come close to being as unwelcome as the first Christmas present ever given. A perplexing pregnancy that must have felt like anything but good news to a young girl who was contentedly dreaming her dreams and planning her future at the time. And yet I want us to see this afternoon how this seriously unwelcome gift turns out to be the greatest present ever given. Not just to Mary, but to you and to me. Firstly, because it shows us how God loves to do seemingly impossible things in our lives. We're quite accustomed to stories of women giving birth, I'm sure. According to the best estimates, 400,000 babies are born every single day. But virgins don't give birth. Which is why, as the angel drops this baby bombshell, Mary, who has clearly been paying attention in her A-level biology classes, interrupts to say, hold on a moment. How can this be? Since I am a virgin. In my line of work, I often hear people say, I'm skeptical about Christianity. And I'd like to ask questions. But religious people, 
They don't. They just seem to believe. Well, no one can accuse Mary of anything like blind faith here. She was not just some gullible little girl who didn't know how babies were made and was taken in by fantastical stories. No, we are told that she reacted here just like you or I would have. She was greatly troubled. I was trying to figure out what on earth was going on. She was doubtful, and she used her reason, and she questioned. And that should be a great encouragement to any of us who have doubts, shouldn't it? God welcomes our questions. He's not afraid of them. I mean, look at how the angel answers Mary's. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God, for nothing is impossible with God. Do you see, there's not even a hint of rebuke from the angel there. Oh, come on, Mary. What's the problem with a virgin birth? They happen all the time. Get over yourself. How dare you question God? No, the angel of God and the Bible agree that virgin births are impossible. They can't happen. They don't happen. But it is happening here because the God who made the rules of science, who made things the way they are, is stepping in. He is overriding the laws he set up to do something different. Something so amazing, it seems almost unbelievable to us. You see, the great truth that Luke is bringing us here is that God's favor to Mary will come in a seemingly impossible way because God wants to do impossible things in her life. And the great news of Christmas is that God wants to do impossible things in our lives too. Things that we're just not capable of pulling off by ourselves. I wonder what unbelievable thing God might do in your life this coming year. Well, God isn't short of answers to that question. He's not like us when we're trying to buy presents for that problem person. You know, that person who you you just can't figure out what they could possibly need or desire. For me, it was always my dad. Dads are difficult, aren't they? As a young boy, I was always just thinking, what on earth do you get the guy who has everything? Which is why every Christmas for 15 straight years, I bought him a chocolate orange. There we go. Sorted for another year. That says more, I think, about the thoughtlessness of a young man than it does actually about the difficulties of present buying for dad. But God isn't like that. He knows us inside out. And God's gift to us is exactly what we need. As it's not just the birth of Mary's child that is amazing, it's his identity too. Remember what the angel tells Mary about her child to be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In other words, Mary, it is good news for you to be pregnant because your son will be God in human flesh come to live with us. The child comes supernaturally from heaven because he is God himself. A couple of years ago, the 
fabulously wealthy Swedish footballer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who now plays for Manchester United, was asked by a reporter at a press conference, what are you getting your wife for Christmas, Zlatan? He looked slightly bemused for a few seconds before answering, nothing. She already has Zlatan. What more could she want? And although you might feel sorry for his wife, you have to admire his bravado there, don't you? But this is God's present to us. God himself. Only God is not merely an extravagantly gifted footballer with a very high degree of self-confidence and an amazing talent for overhead kicks. No, as this baby boy grew up to be a man, we found he could heal the sick and he could calm storms and drive away evil, forgive sins, and even raise the dead. Every eyewitness account of his life shows him to be the kindest, most loving human being to ever draw breath. People who met him said he spoke the truth about life like he had the very authority of God himself. So much so that in the last 2,000 years, whole cultures have been built on his teaching. And the reason for that is that he wasn't just a human being. He is our creator, come to reveal himself to us, come to save us, come to bring us into relationship with him, our God and our King. Now, some presents are unwelcome because they are just rubbish, aren't they? One of you have had any of these. Solar-powered torches, bacon-flavored vodka, DVDs of Mamma Mia, which apparently, according to a list I saw this week, is the most unwanted present ever given in this country. (laughs) Other presents, though, are unwelcome, not because they're useless, but because they're insulting, like gym membership, or acne cream, deodorant, or odor-canceling underpants, which seriously, do exist, though I hasten to add, I have never been given a pair. (laughs) But this is the problem with God's gift to us, isn't it? We can find it unwelcoming. We can find it unwelcome because we can find it insulting. The angel tells Mary that she is to call her son Jesus, which means God saves. And if he's come to save us, that suggests there is something wrong with us. Something that we need saving from. You see, God sent his son to save us from our sins. That often misunderstood Bible word, which simply means the rejection of God's rule over us. And the way that we basically try and run our own lives in our own way, for our own purposes. That sin is the root, at the root of all the evil and suffering in the world. Ours and others. It's what causes all the pain and hurt. And it's what God sent his son Jesus to save us from. So that we could be forgiven and have him back in his rightful place as our ruler again. Because God hasn't just come to save us. He's also to come to reign over us. The angel makes that perfectly clear to Mary when he says that Jesus has come to reign on a throne and that his kingdom will last forever. In other words, God is sending his son not merely on a state visit, He has come to give us the leadership we so badly need. Now, I don't know what you make of that, 
You can say it's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, come on, virgin births and angels. Pull the other one. Or you can find it insulting to say that I've got to be saved by Jesus and have him as my king. But if it's true, then it is, as the angel says to Mary, God's favor. It is the best news of all time. God has come to a broken world. And he comes with justice and truth and mercy and forgiveness. He comes to rescue and rule over us. Because whether we realize it or not, that is what we most need this Christmas or any Christmas. Well, let me finish by telling the story of a friend of mine who uh, proposed to his girlfriend with the classic kind of engagement plan of going out for a really nice meal and then having the waiter bring a cross at the end of the meal, a glass of champagne with a diamond ring in the bottom of it. So he sorted it all out with the restaurant. It was all good to go. But he was so tense and nervous during the meal that he caused an argument. And his girlfriend uh, was quite tired, a little bit stressed because she was in the middle of exams at that time. So by the time they got to the end of the meal, he said, let's have some champagne. And she said, no, I don't want, feel like any champagne. And he said, let's have some champagne in that kind of cheerful way you do when you're all relaxed and calm after a lovely meal. And she said, I've got to work. I've got a headache. I don't want any champagne. So he said, let's have champagne. And he called the waiter over with the glasses of champagne. And she was really, really mad at him that he had ordered it anyway until she saw what was in the glass. Up until that moment, she thought she was just rejecting champagne, which is a nice drink, but she wasn't in the mood for it. She had no idea she was rejecting a diamond ring and a promise of marriage. Folks, it's so easy to think of Jesus, isn't it, as just another glass of champagne that some people enjoy if they're in the mood. But he is a diamond ring, promising eternal relationship with the God who made us. A relationship which each one of us so badly needs. So let me encourage you, if you haven't done so before, to check out Jesus for himself and read one of these eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life in Mark's Gospel. There's copies of these uh, for you to take on the way out. And why not come back early in the new year to our Life Explored uh, taster session, which you've got cards in your service, papers about, and Jonathan might say a bit more about in a minute. God has given us the greatest gift of all time. So why not unwrap it this Christmas?